Hi everyone, welcome to Wildly Becoming. I'm your host, Rachel Bain. Our stories hold the power to help others overcome. Join us each week to hear incredible real life stories from our guests. We are wildly becoming who God created us to be. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, Wildly Becoming fam. Thanks for joining us for today's part two episode with Pastor Patrick Weaver. Check him out on social media. He is the founder of The Exodus Project, and I am here with my co-host, Jill Glosser. Thanks so much for joining us today. Let's get right back into part two with Pastor Patrick. So there is a concerted effort to muzzle individuals in the church who go against church doctrine, toxic theology, or the narcissistic leader you're going to be targeted. There is no way around it. That's what's happening. And folk by and large are unwilling to stick their neck out in these churches because they've seen folks be viciously attacked. Yes. Well, I've experienced it and I still experience it. And it takes all of the Holy Spirit in me to, as you said, not allow that muzzle to be put back on me, to keep speaking the truth, even when your voice shakes and going yes. to people with the false doctrines and just calling it out for what it is and not with a rebellious spirit, but because that is what the Lord has led us to do. Absolutely. And it's so- not what exactly. And you know what, Rachel, a lot of folks think we are being rebellious. Right? They do. Because we're having a conversation that seems and sounds as if we're talking about the church, mm-hmm. right? As if we're um somehow assaulting uh the church and in reality what we're saying is that a great majority just like jesus did a great majority of these buildings are not churches correct we're not going after the church what we're saying is a great majority of the buildings labeled as church are not churches and they are filled with Wounded sheep. Absolutely. And leadership is responsible for the perpetuation of carnage, of the damage, of the abuse. It is rampant. It's pervasive. It's an epidemic. It really is. Call it out because, as I said before, we're not going to call that out from the inside. That's not going to happen. It's going to get called out from the outside. And the outside is going to create the awareness that's going to reach those individuals in bondage. Their knowledge, their understanding will be increased. As their knowledge, understanding is increased because we take no prisoners and because we are not hesitant to explain and expose false doctrine as it pertains to spiritual abuse. As we do what we do, and more join in because there are few that I even know who do it. But as more join in this exposing, as the Bible tells us, it's, it, it, it didn't say put a blanket over it. It says expose it. Yeah. And so as we do this, there will be a movement, but it needs to be sustained. It needs to be very informed it, it, it 
and I'm saying that as a as a comparison to off the hinges, crazed, barking, and ridiculing the church as though all churches are going to hell. No, I'm not saying that. Because two wrongs aren't going to make a right. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. a godly way to go about it. Absolutely. We have to stick to the doctrine, mm -hmm. stick to what is being done that is causing the damage. Yeah. And that is a big enough job all by itself. The loving God that we serve, the Jesus that died for us, that we might have life and life more likely. The God that told us to go in and deliver the oppressed from the hand of the wicked. These are simple truths that represent the bond we have between ourselves and Jesus and the love we have for God. These are simple truths. Any, any violation of those truths contaminate the relationship of the believer. Any. And so we can simply and must simply address head on the lies that contradict the truth. We just must do it. And, uh, and, and as I said, not a lot of us do this. <laughs> you're correct about I that. I think you're really, really good at it. That's what I love going to your page even because I love how you take scripture and just it, flip it the way it should be. <laughs> you know? And a lot of times when I'm writing something, it's really out of frustration because I've actually seen something yeah. repeatedly said within Christendom that is using scripture so out of context. And the worst part of it is hundreds of people are amening it. Absolutely. I agree. Yes. It is definitely a holy discontent. Yes. So it's much. Unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable. And so, so when I see it and I'm wondering, is this really happening? Yeah. Are I we really able to persuade Christians with something that is not even in the Bible. Right, right. And we are all over it as if Jesus said it. It's, Can you give an example of that? One of the things that I use as really a premise for a lot of the twisting and splitting of, of Bible, but as an example, and it's used primarily on victims of abuse who recognize it can no longer take this and they must do something leaving or i call it escaping becomes inevitable one of the things that's used on an abuse victim by church is god hates divorce oh i'm you, so yeah. excited for this yes let's talk <laughs> about this let's move into that the exodus project <laughs> That's used on abuse victims, as many other scriptures are, from wives submit to your husband to God hates divorce. It's used religiously as, as a weapon to coerce and to manipulate women, because you never hear that scripture actually used on men. It's used on women, yes, particularly women who have reached a point where their lives can no longer be sacrificed for this fool. And so now they're ready to take God's hand and walk out of Egypt. They then will encounter almost invariably, God hates divorce. 
Malachi 2.16 is where that lie is actually taken from. And God's not on your side. God's not on your side. God does not support. Even if you walk away from this animal, you will be bound to them for the rest of your life. And the loving God that we serve would rather you stay bound to Pharaoh than to have life and life more abundantly and or any other promise for that matter. He will take all of those promises away and bind you to your history and deny you your destiny. So these things, God hates divorce, as I said, comes from Malachi 2.16. Well, not only is that such a bastardization of the, of the word, it is out of context to the point where Malachi 2.10 through 2.16 is actually a scripture, a passage to unfaithful husbands who were throwing away God's daughters like trash, chasing after whores. They were doing this against God's will, obviously, but more importantly, these foreign whores, women, they were chasing to fulfill the lust of their flesh was also contaminating the bloodline. And as a result, the children or the offspring of these Horish relationships were in violation of God's plan for his daughters who he had ordained to bring forth the children of the bloodline, to maintain the bloodline. But these clowns, religious men, call themselves throwing the women away using the law and saying, we have a right to divorce these women and for whatever reason we want to, including because we want another woman. So Malachi 2.16 doesn't say, the literal translation doesn't say God hates divorce. It says God hates the man who divorces his wife for those reasons, because those reasons commit violence against the one that he was supposed to protect. Now, can you imagine a scripture that is rebuking unfaithful and abusive husbands being used on a domestic abuse, <laughs> being used on an abuse victim to coerce and manipulate them to stay in the very environment that Malachi 2, 10 through 16 is condemning? It's disturbing wow. and disgusting. It's, it's, it's so disgusting until it just shows you the, the intentionality of this, this, this corruption. You're using a scripture. The very scripture is condemning abusive and unfaithful husbands specifically. You're using it to keep women in an abusive and unfaithful relationship. It's terrible. It's and, terrible. And the leaders and pastors of said churches are using that scripture against these people that go to them for help. Yes. Because this your is spiritual what for leader help. should be able to be someone that you can trust and go to for help. Absolutely. And this is the form of help that they are, you know, that they're receiving, right? 
And so now we're really dealing with an issue that doesn't just simply involve our faith. Now it involves also our integrity, right? Yes. It involves really the honesty of the individual, the integrity of the individual. Because if this was your daughter and it was not in the church building and she came to you and said, I'm being beaten, Mm -hmm. I'm being punched, I'm being kicked, I'm being assaulted physically, emotionally, mentally. Would you actually tell your daughter, suck it up, put your big girl draws on, go back in there, submit better, be a better victim. God will love you for it. That's insane. That's insane. But that's what we're doing. Never tell my daughter that. Yeah. I'd be over there with a U-Haul truck and I'd be telling her, don't take anything out of the house except for what you need. But daddy will be there in about five minutes. Mm -hmm. We're moving. And I don't care what he says, and I don't care what faith he claims, as far as I am concerned, he has no fruit that evidences anything except wickedness. And as far as my Bible tells me, the Bible says we have nothing in common with wickedness. So I understand that that is an environment that you cannot live in because it cannot be compatible with you. Daddy will be there in five minutes. Don't pack anything. I'll replace everything. And you're actually doing something kind of like that, Patrick, right? The Exodus Project. Can you tell us a little about that? You are definitely helping rescue God's daughters out of abusive situations. Yes. And that's that's really what the Exodus Project is about. We have decided as a ministry that we would take it one step farther. We will identify and work with domestic violence survivors in transition. They have elected to escape an environment wherein their lives are being threatened and or obviously the conditions make it necessary. And when they do, then we are standing there with resources, particularly grants that make it possible for them to secure permanent housing. But in addition to that, we cover everything from furnishing to counseling to uh, fees for legal and other services that they might need, but basically any and everything that this mother, this wife, this survivor would need in order to make a successful transition out of that environment, we are there with an Exodus grant. That's fantastic. So God laid this on your heart. Yes. And you move forward with it. And, And it was, Rachel, it was out of the respect for my mother. Because that's what never was offered to her. There was never a hand that said, we understand, we get it. We know what you're up against and we will stand in the gap for you because the moment you leave this door, you're going to encounter an unknown. And so the fear of the unknown, we don't want that to be the reason you stay. So let us walk with you. Let us hold your hand. Let us be there for you to remove the unknowns so that you can make this transition confidently, spiritually, and know that we will be there up to and including six months of groceries fully paid for your whole family. That is phenomenal. It's so beautiful that you chose to honor your mother's life in this capacity. And there are hundreds, thousands of women that 
they want to leave their abusive situation, but they don't know how or they don't have help. Like I can remember having no money and no right. help. And I didn't want to tell my family because, you know, my husband was a pastor and I didn't want to injure their faith because, right. you know, you you don't want somebody to think. If, if you hit a nail in here. You don't want to injure their faith. Yeah. And so I kept it a secret for years and I had no money because I had control of nothing because of narcissism. Right. And so just knowing that we truly need in our world more ministries like the Exodus Project. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing, Rachel, that we don't. It's amazing because these are women who, this isn't the last, we're still working on three more women this month. These are women who, if we think about it societally, if we think about it from the from the standpoint of God's word, these are women who are suffering and who have endured unimaginable abuses for years. And they're being forced now to choose between homelessness and health. Yeah. Yeah. This is the choice. Literally. And, and it literally. And so, as I said before, there's the custody battle that ensues. This complicated custody battle with this narcissist is not what people think it is. No, I mean, no. there narcissism <laughs> is a whole thing. There are so many books written about it. And when you divorce a narcissist and you have children, oh, that's a war, whole different The, the level. war begins. Oh. The war begins. And so we are also there for them, the Exodus Project, to secure for them uh, the legal retainer for a competent representation, legal representation, for the high conflict custody battle of which will ensue. And so we're looking at all of the areas that this survivor is going to have to go to war. And that may be she's she hasn't been able to work. She hasn't had the opportunity to save. So we cover the first last month and security deposit for wherever she moves. We will cover plane tickets for her and all of her children to relocate to the other side of the world if necessary. I mean, that is fantastic and unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. So we we look at it as... This is what God would have us to do. He said, deliver them from the hands of the wicked by whatever godly means necessary. And when we recognize that that is what God wants us to do, that is the greatest. And that's why I say I do it because it, for me, I do it in honor of my mother. And I, I know from firsthand experience the difficulty, it, it is difficult to see God when all you see is hell. That is so true. And you think, I've done everything I could. I fasted, I prayed, I yes. obeyed, I submitted to authority and all the things, and you still only see hell. You still only see hell. And unfortunately, you will also be someone as my mother, we would have family members come over to the home. The most that they would offer, even though they knew we had nothing to eat and there was not even so much uh, a loaf of bread in the entire house. 
they would offer her prayers. Oh, it goes no. so far beyond prayer, <laughs> not minimizing prayer, but it's so it's a cop out, Christians. Prayer. Get it together. <laughs> together get it together but that would that would be the extent we even had relatives that would come through town on their way back from vacations and they would tell her of all of the different exploits that they had done or experienced while they were on these thousands of dollars vacations and and I say this now because they're past so I can say it and so one of them comes through after they leave what we consider to be a gambling place in Nevada it's called Reno so they were coming back from this vacation that they had taken uh, to Reno and they come through, stop at my mother's house on their way to their home. They take out two silver dollars from this bag that they had won all of this money while they were playing the slot machines. And they take two, two, when I say two, I do mean two silver dollars out of this bag, which probably had maybe a thousand. Oh my goodness. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> they take two silver dollars out of the bag and fling them to my mother. Now, this was my father's sister and her husband, knowing what was going on every day. This is what they give my mother. And she's trying to feed their nephew, his son. Not because my mother was uneducated. She was degreed. She was career. She was a teacher. She stopped working so that she would be at home so that I would never be alone at home with him. Oh, my goodness. When I reached the third grade, it got that bad. And she stopped teaching. I actually... She taught at my school, so she and I would come home together. But once my schedule changed, she stopped working and went on welfare so that I would never be at home alone with him. So your mother was always acting as the buffer between you and your father. Yes. Yes. So the Exodus Project recognizes the reality of domestic abuse. These are not women who just simply don't know what to do, are addicted to this demon. That's not why the majority of women stay. Right. That is not true. They stay because leaving is oftentimes more difficult than staying. It is. And like, I can speak only on my own behalf, like with my situation, I knew that I was going to be revealing truth that people couldn't handle and also Absolutely. hurting people. I couldn't stand the thought of hurting an entire church, an entire yes. women's ministry and kids ministry. And honestly, I was suicidal. I thought the only way out of this is death. If I take my own life, then I just hurt me and everybody else, you yeah. know, and because you're not thinking rational because you're being abused and you're beat Absolutely. down and you're dealing with trauma. Absolutely. And so your trauma brain, like you said, you're, you're stuck because you don't uh, want to hurt people. And once folks kind of recognize the reality that we're dealing with here, we need folks that are willing to show or allow for abuse victims to do like Jesus did with, with Thomas. You need to let them touch your scars. Yeah. 
you need to let them know that it is okay. And I understand that you doubted. I understand that you you just couldn't believe that there were there, that this thing that you know that 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 leaving that that the exodus was even possible. Mm-hmm. We need folk to let them know that not only is it possible, but we understand exactly why you thought it wasn't. Yeah. So how can people find you? I know how to find you, and I've read your books. I've done your studies. They're all amazing, but. For our listeners today, how can they find you in either if they need help or if they want to support the Exodus Project or Patrick Weaver Ministries or check out your studies? You know, anything and everything is on patrickweaver.org. Okay. And individuals can find out all about the Exodus Project, all about the grants and all of the online information tools that are available through the Exodus Project. So through the Exodus Project as well, there is a plethora of resources, tools, information that a victim can avail themselves of online 24 by 7. And it is extensive. Yeah, I ordered one of your t-shirts. So if people want to get a t-shirt to support your mission, um, I can't wait till it gets there. It hasn't arrived yet, but it actually says God hates divorce and divorce is scratched out and below it says abuse. Is that correct? That is correct. That is the movement. That is something that we want to be a conversation starter. It's something that we are championing because it is at the, you know, it's the crux of, of the confusion right in terms of scriptural abuse yeah uh, how scripture has been falsely used and weaponized against abuse victims and so this shirt god hates abuse is a part of us saying let's disrupt the lies and this shirt now catching on and being worn by literally hundreds of individuals It's a conversation starter for those individuals who are being spiritually abused and who doctrinally have been mistaught. And it's causing for folks to say, wait, wait, what does that mean? And so it's a it's a conversation starter. It's a movement. It's God hates abuse. The information regarding that shirt and the movement, there's an ebook that you can download that breaks it down as far as scripturally why this has been weaponized against abuse victims. But that's also available on our website as well. I am so excited to be a disruptor. I'm a disruptor. <laughs> We're disruptors. I'm excited <laughs> to get that t-shirt and wear it loud and proud because this is what God has called us to do, Patrick. And so it's not going to be that thing where we sit down and it's going to be, no. you know, nice and easy and, you know, we'll please everyone and make everyone happy. No, we're a disruptor. I love, I love your heart for God and your heart for people to help them. And I just can't thank you enough for all the help that you've done in my own life. I'm being selfish now talking about myself, but there, during my dark time, you can ask Jill, when you messaged me back and God revealed to you what had happened to me without me even telling you, I fell to the floor because I'm like, this person doesn't even know me. And he's all the way across the United States. And that shows you how real the Holy Spirit is revealing right. truth to someone. And I felt right. so validated. I fell to the floor. I couldn't yeah. believe it. And so I just want to thank you from my heart and on behalf of thousands and thousands of men and women 
that you are helping to learn the truth of God's word and set them free. And thank you for giving us your time to come here and share your ministries and your heart and your knowledge and your life. And I just can't thank you enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I say this, we have to do a conference in Ohio. Yes. Yes. We have to do a conference. We have to. We have to. I have a whole group of women that cannot wait to hear about this tomorrow. My women's group, they're like, they could not believe that I had communicated with you and you were going to be on the podcast. So you have a whole group of people in Ohio that are following you. 2023, Rachel, we're going to do a conference in Ohio on this subject. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. I told Jill today when we came, I said, this is part of my restoration. And I think that I'm going to work with Patrick someday. Absolutely. Absolutely. 2023, for sure, we're going to do a conference before August. Before August. Oh my gosh, we better get to planning. I'm an organizer yeah. planner. <laughs> yeah. It's it's needed. It's needed. It's needed. Amen. And to the extent that we can say, you know what, if for no other reason and nowhere else, you never hear the truth. We're going to give folk opportunity to hear the truth in Amen. a way that they can receive it, in a way that they can transform from it, in a way that we know God would have wanted us to feed his sheep. Amen. Amen. We're going to go chase after that one. Yes. Well, well, thank you, Patrick, for being here. We so appreciate you, Jill, as always. Thank you so much. Thank you for being the best co-host. And everyone, thank you for listening. And as always, stay Stay wild. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Rachel Bain Ministries. Send me a message or leave a comment, and I'd love to get back to you. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast by clicking the subscribe button. Remember, you are wildly becoming who God created you to be. The Rise FM Podcast Network.